Hello, and welcome to Believe It, Achieve It. I am your host, Nicole Winley, and I believe everyone should be living the life of their dreams. This show is going to be a weekly dose of magic to help guide you to living your best life. When you feel good, then success in all areas of your life is easy to achieve. I love to empower people to discover their dreams and to ignite their lives. This show will be full of personal development stories and skills to help you take your life to the next level. My guests will be health and wellness experts and amazing spiritual beings, as well as everyday people with stories and lessons to help guide you through the ups and downs and help you get one step closer to living the life of your dreams. I want this podcast to be real and unpolished, full of honesty to show the realness of life. Here's to living your best life with gratitude and love. Are you ready? Let's get started. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Believe It, Achieve It. I am your host, Nicole Winley. And again, as always, I'm so excited for my guest today. It is my dear, 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 dear friend, Lizzie Harrington. So welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm excited to have you on here. You know, when I started this podcast and I was writing down like a list on my list of the guests I wanted, you were definitely on my list. So I was excited when you said that you would love to come on and share your story. So yeah, are, are you ready to dive it's, in? Well, it's kind of crazy and I'm nervous, but I'm just hoping that somebody gets something out of this and I'm just, I'm so proud of you. That's just kind of where I am. I'm really learning a lot and enjoying just all that you're putting out there. So thank you. I mean, did you think... Gosh, when we met, we met probably like 10 years ago, but even five years ago, did you ever think I'd have you as a guest on my podcast? No, honestly, <laughs> before you started doing your podcast, I didn't even really listen to them. I mean, so many of my friends did, but even just listening to your podcast has opened me to so many other ones and they're just so much good information to put out there and you can just listen to it wherever you're at. So it's awesome. Right. It is. I love it. And I've been listening to a lot more podcasts too as well. So, (laughs) and I definitely, you know, and I feel like, and I say this to you all the time, you're going to hear what you're supposed to hear when you're supposed to hear it. So the people that are going to listen today are supposed to hear the message that you have to say. So, Mm -hmm. so welcome and tell us a little bit about who Lizzie is and how you got to where you are, because I personally think you are a number one badass, legit wife, mother, and all around amazing friend. You're an awesome friend. You get me through my life. <laughs> you definitely help get me through my life. So I definitely appreciate you. And you are, you inspire me. Your family inspires me. And I love you. So, oh, I love you too. It's even interesting hearing you say that because that's obviously, you know, it makes me squirm a little bit. It's like, oh, that's how I do myself. But I'm so humbled and excited that that's how you see me. And yeah, so kind of my story or where I came from is, you know, I'm from a big family, family of five, two parents, college. Louisiana, Southern girl. Louisiana, yep. Go Tigers. (laughs) (laughs) Go dogs. We'll skim over that. (laughs) And... Of course, you have life challenges and you think, oh, I've been through things as a kid, you know, when you're in your young teenager or 
things happen and you're all, that's, that's the worst I've really been through things, you know, and then you go to college and maybe I dabbled in, you know, drugs or did things where again, you're thinking, gosh, this is just such a big life event. But overall, my life was good. I'm college educated. I met my husband just out of a fluke and he's a Navy pilot. I met him in Pensacola. (laughs) It's so crazy. What else do you meet in Pensacola, Florida besides a Navy pilot? (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) Just drove down from Louisiana one weekend and, you know, it's so interesting too that Nicole is now one of my best friends and she grew up in Pensacola. Pensacola is kind of her heart and, you know, it's just full circle. Just life is just strange how it does things, right? Yes, because that's where you are now, right? Yeah. And then we moved back. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so life was good. You know, we were following the path that you think you should follow, getting married, going to college. You know, we both started having our careers. I'm a behavior analyst, so just working with kids with disabilities. And, you know, I love what I do. And we were in a good space. I'm around 27 years old. We started trying to have kids just like everybody else. And we're really struggling It took us about three years before when we moved to Virginia, then we started fertility. Lucky for us. And and again, you know, that was traumatizing to me. And at the time it was, this is just so hard. Why am I happy? Why, you know, the poor me's kind of came in there, but I just picked myself up with the bootstraps and said, well, we're going to address this. We got IUI one time and then boom, we were pregnant. Done, easy. And I saw so many other people whose story was just seemingly easy, getting pregnant. And well, I'm sorry, let me backtrack. I'm saying I felt blessed because our story, even though we had infertility, it wasn't this long, you know, drawn out thing. And we were able to get pregnant pretty quickly. And so it was like, okay, in my mind- right along. There we go. My my, my plans, we're just moving out right along. Exactly. We're trunking along. I'm in the best health of my life, just- crossfitting, eating super (laughs) healthy. I mean, you should have seen the pictures that I was posting when I was pregnant. I wasn't craving pickles and ice cream. I was over here like, I'm missing vegetable platter. (laughs) Oh, I remember the crossfit. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely didn't want to be around you in a bathing suit. That's for sure. (laughs) I was annoying. You know, looking back, I was Maybe a tiny but just a (laughs) tiny But it fueled me and I loved it and I loved the community and I just, you know, anyway. You did, you loved it. You loved your ice baths. You loved everything about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it hit first. So of course, you know, we're going to have a healthy, awesome pregnancy, healthy baby. You know, it just happens. Around 20 weeks, I got an ultrasound, normal ultrasound time. And the tech said, hmm, The baby looks a little bit small and there's not a lot of fluid around her, but no big deal. Come back in two weeks. (laughs) So I flew to Florida, had a baby shower, was so excited. I was at a conference and just showing everybody off how I was pregnant and come back two weeks later at 22 weeks, have the ultrasound and it is full on crisis. I mean, she's now not just two weeks behind gestation. She's four weeks behind and... We have to go up to maternal fetal medicine, yada, yada. And we fully find out she's not okay. At this point, we find out she's has IUGR, which is growth restriction. And basically, she's just not getting what she needs. And so 
we are just still in that mind frame of, you know, and at this point I can feel her moving and I'm just like, this is not going to happen, period. We're going to do something about this. This is not our story. I'm a very take charge, like, give me the problem. I'll fix it. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I just don't like to sit back and wallow. It's not my nature. My nature is, let me, let me get shit done. You're a good. Yes. Yeah. And so that's what we did. We got on every Facebook group and talked to every parent. And for a whole month, I was on bed rest, like eating protein, drinking water. Like we're making this kid grow. We're giving her everything that she could possibly need. I literally didn't even move. If I went to the grocery store, I'd use the little like carts. I mean, and think about this, Miss CrossFit. I'm sitting here like using the little carts so I don't walk around the grocery store. (laughs) Actually, a friend commented to me like, get up, you're just pregnant, just get up. And at the time I hadn't shared, you know, what, what the struggle that we were going through. Long story short, around 26 weeks is when everything just kind of went south. And eventually, you know, I ended up in the hospital for a few days and she died while I was there. And that really just changed, that shook our world. That just shook everything. I mean, we honestly didn't know anyone that had had a stillborn, not one person. We felt very isolated. You had to deliver. I had to deliver. Yeah. Yeah. So 10 hours. It took me, we actually had to wait. And these are the things that they don't tell you, you know, nobody talks about this is we had to wait in the regular. So we weren't able to go up to labor and delivery because there were live births coming in. So I knew that she was dead. Her heart was not beating. And I had to wait for three hours. Wow. Before they could bring us upstairs, before they had a room available for us. Before they could start. I can imagine those three hours. It was... Stephen and I just were like zombies. I honestly, I was so emotionally crazy that when they brought us to the room, I immediately said, give me something. And they gave me morphine because I was just so wailing, losing my mind at that sure, point. Sure, sure. And then, of course, we deliver her. And, you know, I know you and I have talked about a little bit about this, but just all the people that you even years later, I mean, that was seven years ago that I just want to put my hand out and go, thank you. Thank you. You know, there were just some doctors and some nurses. There was one nurse in particular. We were scared of what we were going to see. We didn't know how she would look or what this was. We were honestly fearful and thinking like, we want to meet her. We want to see her, but we don't want memories of that. It's Mm -hmm. creepy to take pictures of someone that's dead, right? Sure. Yeah. And so we said, no pictures, no pictures. And then a nurse that had been with me as I'm laboring. She said, Lizzie, you're never going to get this opportunity back. You know, you can put them in a vault. They can leave them at the hospital, but you're never going to be able to take these pictures again. You know, my mom was there. My sister was there. You know, we like our social media and my mom so badly wanted to take pictures. And, and I was just, I was so, no, don't you dare. Don't you take pictures. But this nurse got through to me and those I cherish so much, you know, those, mm. those things that she knew that I needed to hear that from her. Almost a little angel. She was an angel. Yeah. And so many of the nurses, I mean, they have little special gowns and little things that they said and little molds of her feet. I mean, just they hand wrote her name on all, all the little things. And I know that it was hard for them to sit there and have to go through that with us, but I cherish so much that they took that time and that energy and didn't just try to push it away. And say, okay, we're going to, you know, make this lady comfortable. We're not really going to spend time in her room. They spent time with us. They cried with us. Wow. You know, and 
fast forwarding. There a are bit. special people. There are, <laughs> there are yeah. special people in this world. There really is. And, you know, that's what I strive to do. I want to be that hand for anybody to grab a hold when they mm-hmm. need it. Cause yeah. we always don't know what people are going through and, and, you know, just need a hand to hold on to. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and once we got home, that was just the darkest two months of my life, you know, and, and, I'm sure some people hearing this or some people have thought this before. Well, you didn't meet this baby. Like, it's not a three-year-old. It's not your 21-year-old that was taken from you by a horrific accident. You know, this is just a baby in your womb. People have miscarriages all the time. You know, even though mine was stillborn. And I'm talking about those beautiful people in the world. There are still those that are that are suffering. They're suffering. They're projecting Mm -hmm. their suffering on you. Mm -hmm. And (sighs) yeah. Yeah. I have a few words for people like that. (laughs) I know. I I mean, you know, and what I learned through all that is I went through the whole gambit. I think that was the first time that I ever felt grief. You know, I lost you and I, we lost a good friend of ours. Tragically. It was horrific. And we grieved him and it was very sad. And still to this day, you know, I think about him and the legacy that he and the impact that he had on my life. And that was, you know, he is kind of who brought us together, Dusty. Yeah. Uh How old was Dusty when he died? Anyway, but I mean, you know, he was young. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so thinking about that compared to the little time that I had with Lily is nothing. You know, it's moments Mm -hmm. in time compared to the years that I had with Dusty, but it doesn't matter. Grief is grief, you know, at the end of the day. And that's what I learned so much from Lily is. The people that are important to you that really shape your life and that are your tribe are the people that are there when things get dark. And I was dark. I just wanted to sit around and cry. I had to take Ambien just so I could get through the night without just constant visions of her. Mm -hmm. And the what ifs, why didn't I spend longer? I mean, I literally went on every page that I could possibly do Facebook blogs. I actually reached out to a girl that I didn't even know that had lost two babies. And I thought, oh my gosh. And she was even younger than me. And she put a hand out and she brought me to meetings. And, you know, I mean, there's just so many angels and they are the people. They are guardian angels because people judge. And I try to catch myself from judging, but I got slack too, because when my boyfriend of 15 years was killed, tragically, I got that, well, she wasn't married to him. Why is she so upset? What mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. I had a more meaningful relationship with him than you do your husband. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I got the, did you set up the room yet? How far along were you? Could you feel her? I mean, you know, and then shortly after. The judgment, after, the judgment. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I had a girlfriend of mine who lost her baby at 10 weeks. And then she was feeling, well, it's not... 26 weeks like you were. And it just, we need to stop. A loss is a loss. Grief is grief. Yes. Yes. And we've got to, yes, yes, we do. We need to be that hand for someone and Mm -hmm. stop the judgment. Yeah. And so just that, and I think it just shifted everything in my life. I delved into hot yoga, something that I hated before because I was a CrossFitter and, you know, (laughs) 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 the quiet with my mind, the time to really, you know, look at life, look at the birds. I mean, I took off of work for two months. And so one of the biggest things that I remember during that time, I would try to 
I lost Lily right around Thanksgiving. So then Christmas came and I'm thinking, oh, it's been a month. So let me go. There was a Christmas event with our grieving group Mm. and we were able to buy little ornaments to put on a tree for our babies that represented them. And so it was like this, it was now that I'm thinking about it, it was a big deal. Sure. But to me, it was, I'm just going to go to Target. No big deal. Blah, 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 blah. I lost it in the middle of Target watching some lady and her kid together. I would do that all the time. I would try to push myself or go and do all these things. And I would literally have to like run out and go crawl into bed. And well, just, because you're like allowing yourself one month to grieve the loss of a child, which, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, now to say it, doesn't it just yeah. sound bananas? <laughs> yeah, it sounds bananas. But I was just kind of like, I was listening to all these voices in my head that said, well, she wasn't three years old. Oh. You didn't have all this time with her, Lizzie. Just move on, move on, move on. You know, you have these voices that say, move, move, go, go, go. And I wasn't giving myself that time until I started reading these blogs and Facebook pages. One of the ladies said, if it's just one thing you do every day? And I said, yes, I can do that. So I started giving myself, what is my one thing I want to do today? I want to go to Starbucks. And I would go and I would sit and I want to have my coffee and I would go back home and I would feel so successful. Today, I want to do yoga. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow, I want to, whatever it is, right? I want to go for that walk around the block and then I'm going to go back to bed. And that's how dark it was. I had to have such a small activity or else it really did it felt like overwhelming. Every single sensation would come back. And I went to counseling and did all that. And, you know, that was the shift in my life. The shift when I said, I can't continue to just go, 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 or expect that everything is happy and sunshine and rainbows. It's okay to be in darkness. It's okay to be in sadness with people. You know, one of my best friends became my best friend because she would just sit with me and she would ask me. And at the time I wanted to just relive every moment of it all the time. And she would allow me to do that. She was the first person that would allow me to show her the molds of the baby and the pictures that were not perfect and all those things. Well, the way out of something and the way out of grief is to go through. Mm -hmm. And you decided to go through and you had that guardian angel, that person that would allow you to go through. Yeah. And the more that I shared my story, the more that I owned it. And that's just a part of me and who I am is the more that I say things out loud and I don't hide from it. You know, like I said, I did, you know, one of the embarrassing things is that I did drugs as a kid, you know, and I don't know why. (laughs) A lot of people would think, oh my God, (laughs) you know, but just knowing me and knowing who I am now, it's not something that you would see. But at the end of the day, the more that I say it out loud, the more that I just own it, it becomes my story, not me. You know, it becomes a part in a life lesson. Like I have said in the past, and you, I know you've probably heard me say, uh, Lizzie and I talk every day. So, <laughs> But I say, that is my story, but it's not where I live. Mm-hmm. I, don't yeah. live I don't live there anymore. I lived there for so long. So now mm-hmm. I'm able to tell my story and not live there. So Yeah, yeah. And just kind of, you know, and then... Fast forwarding a little bit, I had my beautiful rainbow child from just trying naturally like the rest of the world. And and boom, you got pregnant. Boom. And then I get pregnant again with my second one, eight months after my first one. (laughs) Well, they were 17 months apart. So Mm -hmm. she was eight months when I conceived my second, or I guess my third technically. And yeah, life was good. You know, there wasn't really 
we had our normal ups and downs and we were able to still incorporate Lily and her, you know, life into our lives and things were good. And then around the time that Violet, my youngest, was three months old, I brought her to the doctor because of a stomach flu. And I will vividly remember the moment when the doctor sat down with me and held my hand and said, Mom, I'm so glad you brought her in. She's really sick. Mm. And I knew that something wasn't okay because she had little things, but I was nursing her on demand. You know, thank God for perspective. You know, Lily, and that's the blessing that she gave me is perspective. She gave me the ability to really be a mom and appreciate the moments with my kids. That's really beautiful, Lizzie. Yeah. You know, to just go, life could be so much different. And these are, they're precious. They are just so precious. And with Violet, you know, I just nursed her on demand and looking back, so she was diagnosed with glycogen storage disease. She has type 1B. So she has a difficulty regulating her blood sugars. And it's basically a liver disease, but it also affects her neutrophils. So she's also autoimmune. Mm -hmm. So we live by the clock. We have to feed her even at almost four years old that she is now. We feed her every two hours, sometimes three. (laughs) But we're just on alert 24-7, even at night, she has night nursing. And, you know, that was a really, so to go from healthy children to now this very scary disease. You were in and out of the hospital so much that first mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would break my heart. I would hear and <laughs> you guys listening, this girl, I mean, Lizzie is a freaking warrior. I mean, you came to visit. She came to visit Jacksonville. You came to visit all your old friends from Colorado. Flew in because she still wants to live. You still want to live. You still want Violet to live a full. Oh, absolutely. And so instead of you staying home and saying, oh, we can't do anything because Violet's sick, you still were living, you know, living, living, living. And you weren't in town six hours and you were in the emergency room. Mm -hmm. I remember Mm -hmm. talking to our friend that you were staying with the next day and she was like, oh, girl. (laughs) (sighs) her levels dropped and they were in the ER last night. Mm -hmm. They're still there. And then I go and see you the next day and you're just like, whoop, nothing happened. Want to go to the beach? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just, it became our lives, you know, and again, these guardian angels that are placed when Violet was diagnosed, I delved into it. I talked to every parent, every, you know, I became very active on the Facebook group. And that's a big part of it too. It's not just looking on a lot of these groups and reading, reading, reading. It's exactly. telling a story, telling what you're struggling with, having people tell you their ways that they help their kiddos or themselves. And until you start to do that and really putting yourself out there, I mean, I know for a fact, I could have read all I wanted with the situation with Lily, with the situation that's now happening with Violet. And I would have not gotten anything out of it the way that I, I have some of my closest friends and actually I was able to connect with a girl and she became my lifeline. Her and I had babies one month apart. Is this the um, people you go and visit once a year, right? Yes. They yes, live in Oregon. I love it. It's so beautiful. They live in Oregon. And we talked when our babies were infants every day because of that, because we were both living in crises. We were having kids whose blood sugar was below 20 almost daily, almost Mm. daily. We were trying to decide, should we get a G-tube? What should we do? What's the right call? Because 
a million different doctors have a million different opinions and some of them are louder than others. And you're thinking, okay, but is this right for my kid? You know, you, a G-tube with an immunocompromised kiddo, it's like, that's a hole in a skin that may not be able to heal. So a lot of doctors say no. And then others say yes, you know? So it's, do mm. I take a infant and try to orally feed them every, at that time it was an hour. I remember, like, yeah. We could barely get through an hour. In Florida, if she sweated a little bit, her blood sugar would drop into below 20 by the time I got from my house to the grocery store. Wow. I mean, we were crisis, 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 up all night. She went into the hospital seven times in that first year of life. And let me tell you guys, Lizzie would send us videos and take pictures of this child seven (laughs) times in the hospital in her first year of life. Not even ER visits. I'd say ER is probably 20 times. Yeah, these were hospital stays. And this child, this precious freaking angel who inspires me every day. I'm like, I have a headache. No, you don't, Nicole. She inspires the shit out of me, man. She was all, I can almost close my eyes and visualize and picture her in a hospital crib, essentially bed, but they would yeah. have a crib. Mm-hmm. And she would just be standing up singing, you know, having the greatest time. And here she is you know, back in the hospital again, you know, amazing. She's amazing. Lizzie, she is. Yeah. She is one half of a girl. She is. She's been like that though. It's so, and again, God gives you what you need to get through these times, you know, like I needed to have that perspective of life can always, I could be without Violet, you know? So she has GSD sucks. It sucks, but she's in my life. She's alive. Mm-hmm. You know, and the same thing about her having a disease is, God, this sucks that she has to deal with this. I have to give her shots. And she cries every single time, you know, like I'm legitimately like a nurse. Mm-hmm. I'm changing G-tubes. I'm giving shots. But at the same time, she's developmentally healthy. There was a short She's point such in time. a happy girl. She's yeah. happy, happy. You wouldn't know. No. You wouldn't know until I pull up her shirt and start to feed her. Then you're like, oh, what's going on? She has this big Dexcom and this big G-tube and what's happening, you know, because height-wise, you know, she is meeting all of her milestones. And it's because a big thing is we chose not to treat her as sick. I don't want her to be, and no offense to any parents who choose this route. I mean, I, I know a lot of parents who want to inundate their children with other people and, you know, lots of, this is what you have, this is what you have. And I think there's a time and a place for that, you know, going on walks and stuff. But for us, I'd rather her be around typical children and what is typical, I guess, (laughs) but (laughs) I want her to be included. I don't want her to be in special education. I don't want her to be separate from the other kids or have to take a special swimming class because she doesn't have to. Her body moves the way that it should move. So what, that we have to be on top of her and feed her more. I don't want, she can be a doctor. She can have children. I mean, that's one of the big things. That's one of the big hurdles that you think about. Liver disease, blood sugar regulation, to know that her blood sugars can go that low and she can be seizure coma any minute. At some point in her life, she's going to have to feed herself cornstarch and get up in the middle of the night Mm -hmm. and basically be her lifeline. You know, if she doesn't Mm -hmm. wake up, she might have very, very severe consequences. And that's what her life is going to look like as an adult. Can you imagine that and carrying a baby, that and being a parent? But this is why connecting with people is so important. Uh I was 
I was able to connect with a adult with her type of disease and her type is one in a million. So for me to connect with these people, thank the Lord for social media. You know, I preach it all the time. There's so many people that say, oh, I'm getting off social media. I can't take the negativity. And I'm like, I just want to shake them. You get to (laughs) stand guard at the doorway of your mind. Jim Rohn has always said that. And stand guard, I say stand guard (laughs) at the doorway of your freaking social media. You know, because there's so much beauty to social media. My Mm -hmm. Facebook feed is full of amazing, great stuff. And some of my best friends I've met in Facebook groups. And as Mm -hmm. you met these people in Mm -hmm. in Facebook groups. So yeah, I'm a believer. That's what I'm saying. I met an adult that had children. So she was able to have two beautiful children who are, you know, fine. And she's living that life. And to know that it's possible, whatever Violet wants is possible. And we don't want this disease to define her in any way, you know, and that's really my drive. I'm amazed by you because you guys, you know, even traveling, traveling's a big deal, you know, <laughs> you guys just go and you're like, oh, we got to feed her, pull her shirt up, do this, do that, check her numbers, da, da, da. It's just like, it's just normal. And then we all act like it, it's normal and she's normal twirling around in her Disney princess dress singing to me. I mean, could you die? And I'm telling you, it's only because I found that one girl and like her and I, I felt the weight of the world every time that Violet would have a low blood sugar. Like I'm just failing. Like shit, I didn't do it fast enough. I didn't feed her enough. I didn't blah, 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 blah. All the I didn't would happen. And then I'm thinking, all my mind kept thinking was next time she's going to be in a coma. Next time she's going to have a seizure. Next time this is going to be trauma, like serious. And the more that I spoke to my friend and would just own it and say, I effed up. I, I was 10 minutes late for her feeding and she was 20. My girlfriend did said, yeah, I did too. And she was below 20. Oh shit. And we would go ah oh, together, you know, and we've grown together. And now we have two girls and we're teaching them. Our next goal is to teach them how to feed themselves and to monitor themselves. And they're only three years old. You know, they're starting right, to amazing. understand. Thri- she is a thriving yeah. three-year-old. Yeah. So that's kind of our next goal is just how can we continue to, you know, set goals for them to continue to empower them and not let any of this define them? And that's really just kind of my story, but I don't feel like any of that would be possible without the grief and really having my eyes open with Lily and learning that life is what you make it. And I don't want to live a mediocre life. I mean, even in my career, I do have the blessing of being able to move around. But, you know, a lot of people would say, God, you have to stop your jobs and move around because you're a Navy spouse. You have to get new doctors every time you move. But these are all opportunities for new stages of our life to learn new things. And I don't want to look at it. What a beautiful thing. I just don't want to look at it like that in a negative way. Because, you know, in my career, I've been able to grow. And every time that I take a job, I go, am I going to grow with this company? Am I going to learn something? Because if not, then hey, I'm going to the next interview. So anyway, I don't know if that 
helps at all, but that's just kind of <laughs> where I'm looking at for the next chapter in my life. When Everything I about, you say you know. helps. <laughs> Everything you say helps. And Lizzie, I so appreciate your time today and coming on my podcast and being my guest yeah. and sharing your story because... Like I said, you guys, this is one true warrior of a human being. You're amazing. Again, I'm blessed to have you in my life, in my tribe, in my corner, and inspiring and supporting me every day. So I love it. I couldn't do it without you, though, girl. Uh, (laughs) You're my every day, my check-in. You got to find those people. Uh, Well, thank you so much, Lizzie. And for those listening, if you have a special needs child, not necessarily, I know you're, I know it's GSD is what you Mm -hmm. call it. I'll never be able to say what it is. You're fine. Glycogen (laughs) stores disease, but yeah. Please reach out to Lizzie. It's Lizzie Mm -hmm. Harrington. You can find her on Facebook as she has just talked about how she has found some amazing, amazing groups and people through social media. So please feel free to reach out to Lizzie. It's Lizzie Harrington. I love you so much. And thank you. Love you. And thank you for listening to another awesome episode of Believe It, Achieve It. And as always, make it an awesome, awesome, awesome day. Thank you for listening to another episode of Believe It, Achieve It. I hope you enjoyed the episode and please feel free to share it with your friends and subscribe, rate, and review. If you have any questions or want to reach out to me, please send me an email at coachnicolewindley at gmail.com and have an awesome day.